Hey, good morning. This is Pastor Jack C. Pigeon. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at West Houston Christian Center, and we're just honored that you've joined us to watch this broadcast. You know, a lot of time and prayer and preparation goes into our services because we believe that God has something for you today. There are all kinds of opportunities to catch up with West Houston Christian Center. You can give online, you can follow us through social media, you can join us on Facebook, or just go to our website, westhoustonchristian.com. Any way that we can minister to you through any medium, we are open and excited to do it. Man, we are just thrilled and honored that you've joined us. Enjoy the service, and we pray that God has something for you today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about several different things tonight, and I'm just endeavoring to hear from the Lord as to what direction we were going to go in. Um, but something that just kind of came to me during... Um, our worship time and in my prayer time in the back is just never taking for granted that we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Never taking for granted that God did not leave us here alone. That when Jesus came out of hell, led captivity captive, led a big host up into heaven, Jesus picked up his body, and as he was going up, the greatest tag team tag in history took place. And he tagged the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came down. And each and every one of us in the room, I know we're all born-again believers, correct? I believe I know every person in this room, and the fruit in your life, and the way you're looking at me right now, I think that you're saved. Amen? The way that you've done your hair today makes me know that you're saved. Right? No, absolutely not. But we each, each and every one of us has made a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. Amen? And subsequently to that, we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, originally, it was supposed to be one process, salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like what happened with uh, the 120 in the upper room. Amen? They were all filled, and uh, there was a power that came onto the church. And it's a power that has never left the earth, but I do think sometimes we don't put enough um, in recognizing and making aware of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. Amen? It's kind of like we got brought into this by faith, and we've been trying to work the rest of it out for the rest of our lives on our own. And God did not leave us here alone. Each one of us has the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to encourage you when we talk about being spirit-led and training our spirits and those types of things, that recognize that there is a presence, the very presence of God is living and dwelling inside of you, and through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you have a little generator inside of you that when you begin to put it to work, it will generate a spiritual energy and a force that can overcome anything in this natural world. You're not waiting to get it. You, you have it. Amen. Each and every one of us, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but i got to be honest with you, it's not, oh, I've got the Holy Ghost. When something goes wrong, it's not like, oh, yeah, I've got the Holy Ghost. My first impression when I walked outside and saw that three of the fans weren't turning on the compressor was not to go Holy Ghost. It was to call my repair guy. Because we're so naturally minded sometimes because we live in this earth. And so if we could be more 
as I heard Brother Hagin say this, more God conscious on the inside of us. I mean, to be very conscious that inside of you right now, there lives the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you have the Holy Spirit with power inside of you. Amen? So guess what? I'm not a victim anymore. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. I'm never alone anymore because I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. I'm not depressed anymore because I've got the greater one that's inside of me. But the only thing is, is that he's a gentleman. And he will sit right there and love you and listen to you. But he's not going to do a thing until you allow him or until you actuate him by decreeing or declaring something. He doesn't move until you speak. He doesn't move until you speak, until you put him into practice with your mouth by speaking to something, we don't actuate the power that's in us. Now we're also talking a little bit about faith, right? Because faith is all about our confession and what we believe, and we're going to talk a little bit about faith tonight. Uh, I kind of wanted to go a couple of different directions. I kind of wanted to talk about faith for promises tonight. Amen? How many of you have a promise from God? Just out of curiosity, what are some of the promises of God? Never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise from God. Amen. Who else? See, everybody got really quiet when I started. Everybody's got promises. Shall I put you on the spot? Then you're like, oh, dear God, I don't know what any of the promises are. What are some of the promises? My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. What else? You're blessed coming in, blessed coming down, and the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Amen. Shake it, bake it, roll it up. Amen. What else? What are some of the promises of God? Protection. Psalm 91. God's... Yes, sir. Wow. All things. Not just some things. Is there, is there anything that God left out of our salvation packet? I mean, when you really sit down and think about it, it's not like I missed that day in class, so I didn't get... I mean, when we got saved, we got the whole, the whole deal. When we got baptized in the Holy Spirit, we didn't get this little halfway baptism. We got, believe it or not, the same baptism that the disciples got in the upper room when the 120 were there. It's the same Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know of any other greater fight that the devil has fought against than the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, to have entire denominations preach it against it for years... And I'll show you how strong and what that preaching is able to do. But I just want to encourage you tonight. Amen. Sometimes we need to be filled up again too, don't we? We're to be continually be drinking. And I don't think sometimes that we do that either. Okay, let's try this. Who's dragging tonight? Who needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Who needs a top off on your tank? Stand up. Stand up. If you need a topping of your tank, the filling of the Holy Spirit, it says to be continually filled. Amen? I'm not going to work anything up. I'm not going to lay hands on you. We're just right now by faith. Close your eyes. Lift up your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I receive right now for every person in this room, Father, a fresh anointing. 
a fresh infilling, a fresh dwelling of your sweet heavenly presence in their bodies right now. Right now, it's going through your body right now. There is a, a spiritual energy, Father. I thank you from the bottom. Depression, you cannot stay in here in the name of Jesus. Sickness, you cannot stay in here in the name of Jesus. Confusion, you cannot stay in here in the name of Jesus. Inferiority, you cannot stay in here in the name of Jesus. The anointing of God, the Holy Spirit himself, is in this place moving through each and every one of us. So say this right now. I am filled with overflowing, with his presence, with the Holy Spirit, with the anointing of God. I'm not empty. I'm full. Overflowing. Out of my belly flow streams of living water. For me and all around me, in Jesus' name. Amen. You receive that? Amen. You may be seated. Amen. There has to be a fresh, a continual. We were, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was never meant to just be a one-time thing. We're to be continually filling ourselves, filling ourselves, filling ourselves. And that's what kind of makes, it, makes churches like this unique, is that we constantly need to be coming when you come on a Tuesday night, what you're saying is, is man, Sunday was good, but man, I already need to fill my tank up again. Amen? Amen? I'm not filling up my tank just for me. I'm filling up my tank for you. Amen? Amen? I'm filling up my tank for you. So we're talking about the promises of God. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33, and oh yeah, by the way, the Holy Spirit was a promise from God. It's a promise. That just kind of takes all the guesswork out of it, doesn't it? It's a promise. I'll be reading out of the Amplified. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33. And it says, Who by the help of faith subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promised blessings, closed the mouths of lions, verse 34, extinguished the power of raging fire, escaped the devourings of the sword out of frailty and weakness, one strength, and became stalwart, even mighty and resistless in battle, routing alien host. In the midst of all that, in the midst of Daniel in the lion's den, in the midst of invading armies, in the midst of, of these great victories, there's that one little statement that says, obtained promised blessings. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And all the promises of God are for each and every one of us. Amen? But even though God promised it, it will not become a reality in your life until you actuate it by faith. Even God, if he promised you something, doesn't automatically mean that it's going to happen. Yes or no? But God promised it, right? God promised many things. But if I don't actuate it by faith, then it's not going to prosper me. Amen? So I want to make sure that when I'm claiming, if I'm believing God for promises, if I'm believing God for blessings, just because I came to church on a Tuesday night doesn't mean that it's going to happen. 
There's something that I have to do to actuate. Anything that God gives us by grace, we have to receive by faith. Any and everything. Amen. We were saved by grace, right? But through faith. Grace was the free gift of God that I couldn't deserve. I couldn't. There's no way I could ever earn the the, the beauty, the wonder of salvation. But how did I actuate this big, wonderful gift? And then why isn't everybody saved if God's grace is so wonderful? Because it's up to us to reach back with the hand of faith and pull it into our life. Really, do you know what the hand of faith is in the spirit? It's your mouth. Your mouth is the hand of the Spirit. It's what reaches into the unseen and pulls it into the seen world. When you got saved, God didn't say, just think this. No, no, we had to say something. What did we say? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that he rose from the dead, you will be saved. It's those of us that make a confession of what we believe. See, everything at the end of your life, this is what's going to be so funny. There's going to be your words and what you receive are going to be just like this. Your life is the sum total of the things that you've confessed. It's not going to be like this. Well, I confessed and confessed and confessed and got this much. No, no, they're going to be exactly equal. So if we're wondering why we don't have some things, am I taking the time to declare and decree those things that I'm believing over those things? Amen? I am constantly, I'm not believing for tuition for my kids. It's not a one-time prayer. I don't go into my office and say, well, I prayed that three and a half years ago when Emily got accepted into school. I prayed it once. It is in every single day. I am speaking to it. I am speaking to it. I am speaking to it. Amen? It is constantly something that's coming out of my mouth. Every single day. It should be like that for each and every one of us. Whatever it is that you're believing for, it should constantly be coming out of your mouth. Amen? It should be the first thing. Like I said, when I went back in the air and I looked at the thermostat and it was 76, my first reaction wasn't to go, oh, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, that our air conditioners are fixed. No, I got up and went outside and walked around and looked at the units. And, you know, I I didn't do faith first. I did me first. Then I called my repairman. Amen? So, the first thing we need to do is speak to the air conditioner. Come on in the name of Jesus. Amen? Condenser unit work in the name of Jesus. So, all of the promises, even though God promised something, we still don't receive it without faith or apart from faith. Smith Wigglesworth said this, He would have us come with boldness of faith, declaring, you have promised, Lord God, now do it. That's bold, isn't it? I'll read that to you again. He would have us come with boldness of faith, declaring, you have promised, Lord God, now do it. That is guts. Would you like to have that conversation with God? Lord, I come to you by faith and boldness. Now, Lord, do what you said you were going to do. God loves it when we put pressure back. He wants us, and sometimes that's the missing piece in what we're believing for, is we keep waiting for something to happen. 
And God is saying, you have to put pressure on my covenant. You have to put pressure by faith on what you're believing for. And it's not by works. It's just how the system works. God is not Santa Claus. Here's my list. Check it twice. Let's find out who's naughty and nice. And I just send it into the North Pole. And then Christmas morning, boom, there's what I'm going to get. God doesn't work like that. It's done out of love and it's done out of relationship. Amen? God wants a relationship with us. He always has. And faith is the part that connects us to the family. So, it's funny. Um, I'm listening to Kenneth Hagin. I'm reading a book by Smith Wigglesworth. And these men are you know, already in heaven. And Smith Wigglesworth, I think, was 1907. Um, you know, and then Kenneth Hagin, um, I'm listening to a series of faith that he did and you can tell because it's, you can tell where they start and turn on the tape, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's just grainy and you hear everything, but anybody that I've studied that teaches faith, Dr. Savell, Kenneth Copeland, at some point they always say this, you know, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we need to get back to the basics of faith. Smith Wigglesworth. Powerful, dynamic man of God. If you don't know who it is, I encourage you to find out who Smith Wigglesworth was. Healings, healings like you wouldn't believe. Raising the dead like you wouldn't believe. He was a plumber, an uneducated plumber, whose wife prayed for him. He got wonderfully and radically saved. Found out in the Bible about divine healing and then never stopped. Just raised people from the dead, healed people. I mean, just, I mean, like biblical stuff fantastic stuff and uh they get a hold of faith but it's so funny they always want to say okay now we need to get back to the basics of faith kenneth hagan the same way i'm like man these guys these are a hundred years old and they're saying we need to get back to the basics folks we have to get back to the basics of faith because what happens is is we've got to be able to differentiate between what faith is and what faith is not amen and the best way to tell you what faith is is to tell you what it's not. Amen? Faith, according to Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Amen? Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it's impossible to please God for those who come to Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of Him who diligently seeks Him. Amen? That is faith 101. Faith is the connection between us and God. It's us believing and trusting in somebody other than ourselves. Amen? Faith is me putting trust in somebody else. Um, Luke, leave the room. Hurry. Now I'm going to tell you a story about Luke. Now I'm just kidding. Go out. See what your grandfather's doing. All right. All right. I love Luke. Right? Luke was right here. I love him. But Luke's not here anymore, right? Do I still love him? But I don't see him. I don't feel him. How, how, how can I love him when he's not here anymore? That's faith. All right, Luke, come back to church. That's faith. Faith, it's my love for him 
that goes with him wherever he is. So even when I don't see him, come on, that's faith. That's what God is. We don't see him. We don't feel him. We don't touch him. But I love him. And it's that love that builds that trust that builds my faith. Love and faith are inseparable. You're never going to be able to differentiate or pull the two apart. Love and faith are inseparable. If you don't know that you know that you know or have a revelation that God loves you, it's going to be real hard to trust him. How do we trust somebody that we don't know loves us? See, Luke, trust me. When I said, Luke, leave the room, he wasn't like, oh, I played this game before. Oh, no. No telling what he's going to do. That dad, he's crazy. You know, one day does one thing and one thing, one day does another. No, Luke, trust me. Therefore, when I said, Luke, leave the room, he didn't question me. He left the room. Because there's love and there's trust because I've never done anything. All right, I've done a few things to maybe mess up his. But they were hilarious. They were well worth it (laughs) to mess with his trust. Like my father, when we were all three in the car and he said we were going to Pigeonies. And we wanted to go to the restaurant. We turn up, right, Michael? And we pull up at home and Pigeonies was our house. And we were ticked. Trust was broken. Love left the room. We wanted to go out to eat. We had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and we were happy. So let me tell you what faith is not. Faith is not luck. Faith is not luck. Well, you're just lucky. I just got lucky. I went to the DMV to get my license today and I just got lucky I was the first person in line. You know, I went to work and they were giving out bonuses today, you know, because of God. I guess I was just lucky. Luck has nothing to do with faith. And here's another one. Works has nothing to do with faith. Let me, well, let me categorize that. Good works has nothing to do with faith. If I'm believing God for something, me acting good or trying to be good is not going to bring that thing to pass. And I know we go, oh, that that makes so much sense, Pastor Jack, but we do it all the time. We put everything back on us like on our works as if by somehow our works of self-righteousness can make something appear or not appear. Amen? So by me, I'm believing God for a car. Amen? I'm going to believe God for a car. Well, Lord, I'm going to go to church every Sunday and every Tuesday for a year. Is that going to bring that car to pass? But I'm being good. I'm coming to church, Virgil. I mean, I'm sacrificing. I'm coming every Sunday and every Tuesday, and I came to one special service. I mean, I have gone over. But see, what's so funny is we do, the, we do this thing thinking that it's going to equal this thing, and they don't equal one another. There's only one way that faith works. Does everybody understand that? I can't work it. Now, course, faith has corresponding actions or works to them. So if I'm believing God for a car, then yes, I'm going to go to church because that's where my faith is getting fed. But then God's going to say, well, sow into somebody else who's believing for a car. Or better yet, he says, sow the car you have now 
and believe me for the one that's going to come. See, that's faith. Sacrifice and obedience, we'd rather go the sacrifice route sometimes. God always goes the obedience route. But Lord, look what I've sacrificed. Look what I've done. Look what I've given up. Look at all that I've done for you, God. I missed the football game on Sunday and I went to church. That doesn't equal anything when it comes to receiving the promises of God. Amen? I don't know why. You know, if you read the book of Galatians, it's all about the law, the law, the law. Paul is trying to get these people the Judaizers, it's all about the law, it's all about works. And you know, he's like, no, it's now all about grace. You know, it's not about what you can do. You cannot make yourself righteous. The law was just a placeholder showing you that you cannot live a life that God wants you to have without having God in it. Amen? That's what the law was all about. It kept pointing that, look, no matter how good you try and be, no matter how much of the law you try and keep, no matter how religious you think you are, I could take everybody, we could put all of our own self-righteousness in one big bucket and it wouldn't be enough to get one of us saved. It would never be enough. If it took just us being good, then Jesus didn't have to come to the cross. What Jesus did, he did so that there was a grace, so now that there was a blessing on all of Abraham's seed, so that we can all come to the throne of grace boldly. Isn't that good? Now we all come to it because of faith. Amen? So, none of our good works can bring one of God's promises to pass. Now here's another one. Nor can any of your bad works stop God's promises from coming to pass. Well, I messed up. Well, I guess I'm not going to get the car I was believing for. You know, I'm believing God for a car, but you know what? I, I, had, an, I had an impure thought. Oh, man. You know, I yelled at that guy in traffic. I mean, he shouldn't have flipped me off, but he did. I mean, he started it. I mean, that word came out of my mouth, and before I could say it, I mean, I tried to reel it back in, but I couldn't stop. Just as your own works cannot produce the righteousness of God, your bad works can't stop we got to get out of this works mentality. Amen? We need to start living not just a good life where I'm trying to be good and do good and say good. I want to live the God kind of life, which is a Zoe kind of life, which is a life where I'm living in the blessings of God all the time. Amen? Christianity was never about being good. Well, I'm a Christian now, so I guess I'll, I'll have to be good. I'll have to act good. I'll have to dress good. It had never was anything to do with that. I don't do good in order to produce righteousness. My righteousness and knowing who I am in him makes me want to be good. Amen? We get it mixed up sometimes. We keep thinking that everything's on our shoulders, that it's all by my works that this is going to happen, that the only way this house is ever going to manifest is by my good works. I'm, if I make enough money, if I get lucky, if I win the lottery and all that, and inside of us we have the Holy Spirit, and God gave us one of the most precious things. He didn't just give us faith. He gave us, according to Mark eleven twenty three, 23, a portion of His faith. 
See, inside of you is not a faith that you put there yourself. Inside of you is a faith that He put there. It's His faith. It's in you right now. God's faith, the measure of faith, is in each and every one of us right now. And what you get out of it is in direct proportion to what you put into it. It's just like I've used it over and over again, but it's just like a muscle. You can, we all have biceps, right, guys? Show me. All right, guys, let's go. We all got them, but you can notice some are different sizes than others. Just saying. <laughs> Been waiting 20 years to do that. No, I'm kidding. We all have biceps, right? But they're different sizes. Why is that? Because it depends what we've done with it to build it up or to not use it. Faith is the exact same way. Each one of us was given at salvation the measure of faith. You have saving faith and you have a faith that you're going to live by. Amen. And what I do with that faith is how I'm going to grow. We all want to be growing in faith. Each faith project you have should be bigger than they had before. Amen. Michelle and I aren't believing for our house note anymore. For years, we're believing for our house note. We had to use our faith on that. Well, guess what? We've increased. I don't have to use my faith for my house note anymore. Thank you, Lord. I still do it by faith. Now I'm believing for this house in Tulsa that we own. It's two little half rooms with one little bed on each side with a little sink. Amen. Now, <laughs> now I'm using my faith. I got a house in, I got two houses in, in Tulsa. They're about th this big with, with a little bunk bed on each side. Amen. So each one of us has the measure of faith. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. All the good works in the world are not enough to equal God's promise of salvation. Amen? All of it. We could all, even Mother Teresa had to get saved. I mean, some of the greediest and best humanitarians in the world that gave their whole lives, their fortunes, went into Africa, did missions work, did whatever. All the good works we could possibly do cannot equal enough to buy our salvation. Each and every one of us, Mother Teresa, had to get saved. Mary had to get saved. That's good, Mom. Amen. If Jesus' mother has to get saved, you know what I'm saying? Everybody has to get saved. Everybody has to get saved. Thank you, Lord. So I had several promises, but I'll, I want to go right to the one about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know what's so interesting, and, and going back to the, and it's just kind of cool how God puts everything together, as I'm reading um, stuff about um, Smith Wigglesworth, and as I'm reading stuff and listening about Kenneth Hagin, um, Kenneth Hagin was in a... Um, got saved, and he tells the story, he gives the date and the time and the place in McKinney, Texas, and it was 7.15 on April 26th at 177 Hill Street at 7.13 at night, and I mean, he just has this great, when he got saved, reading his mother's Methodist Bible, and uh, he had been very sick his whole life, was bedridden, had died several times, had several comas, and uh, just had that Bible, and as he started reading the Bible after he got saved, he saw healing in the Bible. Now, no one had ever taught him about healing. 
There were no ministers. All the radio programs, because that was the media. Aren't you glad, kids, that you're alive today? AM radio was it. And so the only teaching that came over the radio was on salvation. And so he said, well, I'm already saved. So he went into the Bible for himself and found about, about healing. And through reading the Word himself and actuating the Word and using his faith, God raised him up. I mean, just a, a marvelous story of healing. But you know what? Him and Smith Wigglesworth both fought the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the speaking of tongues. They both fought it. Yeah, because that's what they had been taught. So you can go into the Bible and you can have massive revelation about a subject. And you can be completely and totally devoid of other revelation that's in there that's just as powerful. Amen? So you have to go into the Word for yourself. The promise of the Holy Spirit is all through the book of Acts. Amen? Matter of fact, let me read that to you. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Acts chapter 2, let me read it out of the Amplified. You getting some out of this tonight? Amen? Is your faith built? You ready to believe God for something? You know what our problem is, is we don't believe big enough. My dad came in with a faith project today, and it, I'll be honest with you, it choked me. I was like, you want to believe for what? By when? He goes big. My dad, believe him, trust me, when he, when he goes, he doesn't go off him, but when he goes, he goes big. I hope I'm like, well, you tell the people about it. I'm not doing it. But it's a good one. All right, Acts chapter 2, verse 39. For the, what's the word say? Promise. It's a promise. The Holy Spirit's a promise. It's a promise. For the promise of the Holy Spirit, it is to and for you and your children and to and for all, say all, that are far away, even to for as many as the Lord our God invites and bids to come to himself. The promise, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was not an option. It was not an add-on. It was not something that, you know, take it or leave it. It was a promise from God. What's more importantly, it's a New Testament promise from God. A lot of the promises that we quoted, we quoted from the Old Testament. Psalm 91, um, uh, protection and all those types of things, the blessing in Deuteronomy, I'm ahead not the tail. Those are Old Testament promises. Yes, we can still actuate them by faith. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it, where's the book of Acts in the Bible? That's the New Testament, right? It's a promise today. And what is the promise? Acts chapter 2.17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Say all. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a promise from God. But unless we use our faith, do we know it's God's will for all men to be saved? Absolutely. Then why aren't all men saved? It's his will, right? 
It's God's best offer. When God offers us something, it's his very best offer to mankind. God offered us salvation. He can't do any better than that to you and me. Is it salvation, let's just be honest, is salvation a good thing? Anybody's life better today than it was before you were saved? It's safer, you sleep better, bill collectors stop calling. Amen. Right? It's good, right? It's a good thing. Why wouldn't God want everybody to have the life that we have? He wants them to, then why doesn't he just do it? Why can't he? He's God, he can do anything. Because we have to actuate it by faith. And the Holy Spirit is the exact same way. It is a promise. Don't look at the Holy Spirit as some add-on for just the Pentecostal churches. It's a promise from God. What promise from God would I want to say, you know, God, I kind of know your promises are kind of sketchy sometimes. God's promising you something. Don't you think the maker of heaven and earth, if he promised you something, that it's good? If my mom or dad promised me something good, guess what? It's always good. If Michelle promises me something good, guess what? It's always good. And you know what? It always makes me better. It always increases me. It always blesses me. So when the maker of heaven and earth says, I have a promise for you, how can I look at him and say, well, that passed away? It's for us and it's for today. Amen? All the promises of God are yes and amen. And if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence, and yes, you cannot be baptized in the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues. I don't know where that theology came from. Yes, when you get saved, we all get baptized in the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that comes into us. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues, that is the evidence of it. Amen? And so I encourage each and every one of us, pray in tongues more often. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, come down Sunday morning during our altar call or prayer call. Steve, myself, my wife, pastors, we'll lay hands on you. It's not weird. It's not hard. It's not freaky. It's a promise. How can you not get something that he promised? Amen? And it's the power that will help get you through. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. All the promises of God are yes and amen. God promised you eternal life. That's a promise in 1 Timothy. And eternal life, yes, we're all going to live for eternity, but eternal life is the Zoe kind of life where you have a good life, not just in the earth that gets better and better, but you're going to have a great life in heaven that gets better and better. That's eternal life. Amen? Some people are going to have eternal life, but it's not going to be life. It's going to be eternal death. God's offering us today eternal life through His Son and Jesus Christ. I'm excited. I'm excited about what's coming. I'm excited. I got, we have something. See, you know, we have a hope. We're looking forward to something. Amen? I have my hope on him that one day we're going to hear a trumpet and the, crowd and, the, and, and the shout come up here and the clouds are going to crack and we're going to meet him in the air. Amen? And it's going to be a glorious, glorious day. 
Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word of God. Father, I thank you, Lord, that it's working mightily in our hearts. We plead the blood of Jesus over us. Lord, I just pray a hedge of protection around each person in this room, your safety. Lord, for all those that are watching online, Father, I just pray, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, I, there are those that are right now, Lord, struggling with decisions, struggling with transition, struggling with change. And Father, we here at West Houston Christian Center, we add our agreement of faith with you right now, wherever you are watching this or listening to this. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that they're making the right choice and the right decision, that they're being led, not driven. And Father, we thank you that we have a Father, Lord, who loves us, who is more than willing and able to lead us and guide us and direct us. Thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you.